I know as CTO, oftentimes I would dread when I heard that there was this conversation that took place and, oh, we just went out for beers. And then this whole topic came up about the product roadmap. And then the product manager asked a question to the CEO. And then I show up the next day and I'm like, dude, what, why, what does this happen when I don't have beers? Like what's going on? And so I think we're not talking about that executive level skips, but we're talking more about the discipline of keeping the whole team cohesive. From seven CTOs, my name is Etienne De Bruin, and you're in the CTO studio. One of the things, you know, as our organizations grow, as we build up more and more teams, and I think especially across seven CTOs, we're among a bunch of people who are constantly growing our work. So we may have started with a team of people who all report to us, and now we're adding layers of management, or we're coming into an organization to add layers of management. And we, as leaders, should try to keep our fingers on the pulse of how people down in the organization are feeling. How's their relationship with their leadership change? Are they getting all the context and everything from the organization, because let's face it, no matter how many times we say things, people need to hear it seven or eight times from seven or eight different people in seven or eight different ways before it actually gets understood. So this is a way to help architect the chain of communication, to check in with people and just generally stay connected. I love that. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is what is the impact on the direct report? What type of relationship do you have to have with your direct report in order to facilitate and contain skip levels? Yeah, for me, it basically just comes down to establishing a relationship of trust and openness with them. This is not, I'm going around you and talking to your people. This is actually an open conversation with my direct report. Hey, from time to time, I'm going to go check in with people so they feel connected to leadership at the company. This is not me going around you. This is not me checking, you know, how you're doing with them. Although I do want them to feel like they have a safe space to raise anything. And by the way, you may hear some things after I have a conversation with those people, because maybe I provide, you know, mentorship or something to them. So I might encourage them to bring things up to you. And so we just have an open and honest dialogue about that. And they know what's happening and they generally welcome it. So it does feel like a minefield for me still, Nathan. I think the, yes. Uh, and I, so what I love about what you posted in Slack was this pre-scheduled thing. So it's not a, oh, I happened to walk in the passage and I heard something and then this had this whole conversation. So I feel like scheduled is a key container or key parameter that should be true for this container. So that doesn't feel uh, like it was spontaneous. I think that was a, a wonderful summary of what skip levels are and why they're important, Nathan. I would add that it's actually, in addition to all the things that you've mentioned about it's important to keep tabs on how your direct reports are managing of show your face, fly the flag. It's also a great opportunity to talk, give the people, the skip levels, a, an opportunity to talk about things that they probably usually don't have an opportunity to talk about. Do they understand what the product strategy is? Do they understand what the business goals of the company are? I use skip levels to, to disseminate that information and also to make sure that it's being absorbed. Lots of uses. Yeah. One of the other things that I really love about that is making sure that people know how they're work 
connects to the larger strategy. And that's something I think gets lost from time to time. Etienne, to your point, is this a minefield? Well, it can be, and it can be if you're using it a couple of what I would consider wrong ways. If you're using these skip levels to make decisions, to solve problems, like those are the types of things that there are better forums for those. To coach, to mentor, to provide context, all great things. But when you start getting into tactics, when you start getting into me as an executive at this company, having the unique ability to solve a problem, that's where it starts to get a little bit um, iffy in my mind. I really love the, Scott, you said flying the flag. I love the idea of seeing it as a way to massage into the team in a disciplined, pragmatic way hey, this is just what, this is why we're chasing these OKRs, or this is open up for questions around how is my work actually contributing to the overall mission or the business objectives of the organization. I think that's marvelous. I also see it as what you said, Nathan, around, hey, if I'm starting to make decisions if we're starting to brainstorm things that might seem to be impacting the scope of that person's work, I can see that as a healthy, don't do that sort of boundary. Don't, And then also at that point, then just to coach people into their management, go talk to your, why don't you go talk to Jill or go talk to Alice about this or go, why don't you bring it up at your next one-on-one -on -one with your manager or something like that? Yeah. And also to probe what came out of this when you brought this up with your manager or here, I can give you some advice on how you might want to bring up this somewhat sensitive subject. You don't feel like you're growing in your career. Like I'm not going to be able to help them with that directly, but I can you know, give them the tools necessary to take on those conversations. So I actually have a question for Nathan because everybody does this a little bit differently. And I'm super curious about how my colleagues do it. Nathan, how do you prepare for an OKR? What are the things that you do? What information do you gather before you, you talk to one of your skips? A lot of times I'm going armed with some of the context from their manager, either about how the team is doing overall or maybe that specific person. So while I'm not going to go and breach any confidences, I, I will generally have an idea of what is the overall team health? What's the morale in the team? What are they working on? Again, I go into these conversations not to necessarily talk about those things explicitly, but just informed of the broader contact. I generally, especially in the beginning, I'm just now kicking off these skip level relationships or it's been a while since I managed this person directly and now they're further deep into the org. I will intentionally go in with not much of an agenda. It's very much a what's on your mind? How are things going? How's the team? How are the projects going? But just generally very open. So I try not to go in too regimented of an agenda because this is their time. I want them to open up and I'm trying to build trust. Now, as a result of these conversations, I may identify things that I want to follow up for our conversation next time. And then maybe that agenda and that preparation starts to become a little more formal. But in general, this is really about just, okay, how are you doing? Well, well-being of the team. So I, I try not to go in too regimented. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to do it. I have found, however, that some people are just reticent to talk to their boss's boss. They're just trying to get out of the meeting. They get, they ever get the sense that they're just trying to get out of the meeting. So one of the things that I do to break the ice there is I'll learn a little bit about what they're working on before the meeting. And that way, if the conversation goes cold, we can talk about 
exactly what they're working on. They can, we can look at some of their code. We can talk about the architecture because engineers, of course, I usually love talking about that. Oh yeah. You know, it's always fun finding things that get them to light up a little. And once you're exposed to people as much as we are, you can figure out how do I navigate the conversation? Oh, that sparked an interest. Okay. Let's dive deep. And then that's going to build that trust and relationship too. Yeah. And that brings me to what are the desired outcomes of skip levels? What if stuff comes up that, that you realize, oh my goodness, this is actually a bad reflection on that person's manager or wow, this is the umpteenth time that they're bringing this thing up. There are certainly things that as a human, you're going to feel an emotional response to. How does one define proper outcomes? And is there a way to have a description of this is the only outcome I need from this meeting and just stay in my lane and not go too deep, too broad? I think generally the outcome that you're looking for is to stay in touch with the people that you're meeting with on a human level. That's how you're going to get the information that you need. That's how you're going to build trust in the organization. And that is how you're going to see, be seen as a manager who isn't remote in an ivory tower. I think basically that is the objective of a skip level meeting. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and at the end, you brought up something really important, which is something like singular comes up in that meeting. And I, as an engineer, a problem solver, feel compelled to react to that. But the point of these skip levels is not to problem solve. These, the point of these skip levels is to get that context and start to pattern match across the organization. It's going to be, it's really important not to take one specific data point and start to generalize it across the organization. Yeah, I, that's so helpful. I think I love what you said as well, Scott, and the idea that you're doing the skip level to be seen and to be accessible and to be the voice of objectives, the voice of mission and vision. I, I, I love that. I love it. Hey, I'm here be, to be seen and to be available. I love what you said, Nathan, around the to not zone in on a specific data point that they're bringing up or a sounds to me like one is actively trying to stay more general, more cordial, more check-in-ish versus scrutiny. What business process can we improve or, and I guess to at the same time, communicate to the person that, Hey, we're not here to give you a shortcut back up to executive level management. This isn't your suggestion box, right? This is just a conversation to, to keep those relationships warmed up. I was going to say one other thing about um, these conversations and what is the desired outcome? Evangelism a little bit. It's about getting people excited. It's about people not only hearing the vision, but to be able to repeat it and to be able to share it out because I'm not out there meeting with everyone every week or even every month. So in those gaps, I want these people being able to take what they heard and, oh, this thing about the strategy and our work, being able to take that back to their team members. I think that's a really important outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Th that is a very important outcome. Absolutely. And we may, as CTOs, have an idea of how we want the skip level meeting to go and what we want to communicate and how we want to be seen. But from time to time, they will, the person that you're meeting with will put you in an awkward position. What if they say, actually, my manager does suck? He's awful. I hate working with him. So what do you do then? You don't want to throw 
the person's manager under the bus and be like, yeah, that was terrible. I'll go, go talk to him about it. At the same time, you don't want to give the person the impression that you don't care or it's un their input is unimportant. So you have to walk a very fine line in those situations. And um, the way that I handle that is being a good listener and doing very little talking in those situations and just say that you'll get back to them, right? You know, that's information that you want, but you don't want to take it too far, if you know what I mean. I, I totally agree with that. And I think part of it, and, and you're right, it's about being a good listener. It's about being a mirror and a reflection of them, helping them to solve the problem. And by the way, one of the things that's really important, especially at all levels of the organization, is this idea of being able to manage up effectively. And I, I think it's an underappreciated skill. And it's something that, you know, we've been doing for a long time. We manage our bosses. And what can we do to teach those skills, to coach people to do that more effectively while absorbing these data points also so that we can effectively coach these managers in our direct conversations, but giving the team members the tools to manage their manager is really important. Yeah, and I can say that I had I, I have been the benefactor of that whenever, even just outside of the context of skip levels, whenever one of my people have an issue and it comes out in another meeting where, for instance, my, my co-founder might coach that person back into speaking with me. I've been the benefactor of that. And I think I've felt nothing but appreciation for when that happens. And so I do see skip levels as a way that could strengthen the bond between you and your direct reports. Sure enough. Now, I would say most of us have reasonably sized teams. So maybe, so when you do, when you do a skip level, you're reaching deep enough down in the organization. But some of us work for very large companies and have very large organizations. So your skip level meeting might be like a team lead or in, you know, extremely large situations, you're, you're, you're only skipping down to the, like a director level. How deep in the organization should we go when we're doing skip levels? Is it enough to just skip down one level? Or should you, like, how far down the org chart should you skip when you're doing skip levels? That's a really good question. The way I generally think about it is, one, skip levels, your direct reports, I think those should be mandatory. Going down another level in, into the organization, you have to treat it differently because now these individuals may not, you know, really know how to talk to a, a CTO or an executive. So you treat the conversation probably a little more carefully because, all right, who are they reporting back to? My boss or my boss's boss? So I think it's a little more gentle. I think it's valuable to have those touch points, but maybe those touch points tend to be more group meetings. Pull a team together in groups of no more than 10 so you can invite participation, but just to start building that safe space. And then if you start to identify people in the organization who are really good barometers of culture and any tensions, then maybe periodic meetings with them. But certainly once you get to a certain point, it cannot be everyone, every quarter, or even every six months. Yeah, and I've seen, that's the office hours approach, right? Where you basically invite groups to come in and spend time with you or office hours as an, more of an ad hoc. You get to schedule a time block with me if you want to come talk to me. One question I had was, is it prudent to to arrange with your direct report 
who the skip levels are going to be with that month? Or do you want it to be, does it need to be more spontaneous and unplanned? There's a lot to unpack in that question. So um, thinking about how we schedule these, I generally haven't told my direct reports, like, here are the ones that I'm meeting with this month, just because I think the overhead is really high. And I've already renegotiated with them that, hey, these things are going to happen. So we have a good level of trust. So I haven't felt the need to. In terms of, I want to go back to something you talked about, which is office hours. And just to clarify how I internalize that. Office hours, in my mind, has typically been, there's a block of time on the calendar and anyone can sign up to come talk to me. This is really valuable, especially in an in-person environment, but it tends to cater to people who are a little more outgoing and a little more self-directed. And that might alienate people who maybe don't want to step up or don't want to overextend themselves. I, I caution a little bit of that, but having that as a tool at our disposal can be valuable. Just, hey, I, I have this afternoon off if anyone wants to talk about something, but I would not rely on that entirely. In terms of how long these things should be, I've seen a lot of leaders really love the 15-minute skip level. I'm not a fan. I don't think that's enough time to build a relationship and get someone to open up, especially you know when the relationship isn't pre-existing. So I wouldn't go any less than a half an hour. An hour seems really hard to schedule, but I would say at a minimum, a half an hour. So I think we're probably all doing one-on-ones with our direct reports weekly. At least that's what I, I always do. So in terms of the skip level, 30 minutes, I think, is the right amount of time. <clears throat> as far as the who is concerned, when you're in your one-on-one -on -one with your direct reports, one of your questions should definitely be, how's the team? And in a lot of cases, you can figure out who you want to talk to and that month's skip level by that conversation. Useful information will come out of that. If there doesn't seem to be any problem areas when you discuss it with your direct reports. I like to do them randomly, honestly. And generally, I do not talk to my direct reports about who the skip levels are going to be. I think in some respects that undermines what we're trying to do. But I do want to have information from my direct report about what that person is working on before I talk to them for reasons that I mentioned earlier. But you can do that without letting on who you're going to talk to. What do you what do you mean? What do you mean by that undermining what we're trying to do? What I mean by that is we do want to have one of the purposes of skip level is you do want to get a little bit of information about how your direct reports are doing as managers. Honestly. I don't think that anyone it's not a mystery that's one of the purposes of the skip level, right? Because you want your your direct reports to manage in a way or a style that reflects your values and reflects the core values of the company. And you need to know if they're not doing that. I don't really want the per, the my direct report like prepping anyone or or even just being concerned about it. If they're having a interpersonal conflict with one of their with one of their reports, I don't want my direct report to have any anxiety about me talking to them. Because you know, we're not trying to get them in trouble. We're just trying yeah. to gather information. And is that Nathan, is that sort of what you referred to as the unnecessary overhead? Like the, the, of course, the assumption is the hope is that there is a culture that serves as a strong enough container for these types of meetings. I think you're in a pretty toxic relationship probably, or a toxic situation. The worst case scenario of, I have to go to skip levels in order to figure out what the heck is going on with my manager. I think at that point, you're already running in the red, right? 
the hope is that there's this culture that, hey, I am CTRing this organization, I'm VPing this organization. As part of what we do to perpetuate our mission and vision is we're going to meet with your direct reports. I just want to make sure that isn't a Trojan horse or overt language for, hey, I'm actually going to be doing a 360 on you. I think part of the culture has to support that, like to your point. And for example, my calendar is visible. Anyone in the organization can see who I'm meeting with. There not, there's nothing private on the calendar. There, there isn't going to be any secrecy around this. If, if my manager wants to look at my calendar, who am I meeting with this week? That's totally open. If I start having private blocks on the calendar, I would think that would actually be indicative that something else was wrong. And by the way, I, I'm very explicit with all of the skip levels that that I hold. Like, I'm not here collecting information about Sure, I want to know that you guys have a really good relationship and is there anything that I can help you with there? But that's really the extent of it. If I'm going in with a mindset of performance management or 360 feedback, I'm going to be very explicit about it. How have those conversations been productive for you in your conversations with direct reports? So how do you bring it up? Do you bring it up? Do you say, oh, I had a conversation with Bob about this and oh, he mentioned something. Do you want to follow up on that? Is it, does it become an asset to you or maybe a liability as you do discuss things with your direct reports then in your one-on-ones? Yeah, you know, the short answer is with permission. If I'm having a conversation with a director and they raise something that really I feel like should be communicated and it goes back to, yes, it might be a singular data point, but it's something meaningful that we as an organization should solve. And maybe I've gone and even reflected on it and go, yeah, that's a big enough signal. Then I'll actually ask them like, hey, would you mind if I went and brought this up? Because I don't want to betray their confidence, but I also want them to know that I'm in their corner. Yeah, I, I, I rarely find it necessary to bring up any specifics of a conversation that I've had with a skip with my direct reports, because as Nathan mentioned, it's really all about the patterns and trends, right? So if you spot a problem in the pattern, you can speak in very broad generalities and, and coach on the generalities instead of the specifics. Yeah. Excellent. That's super helpful. Okay. Why don't we have a quick overview of literally how do you execute this? So how frequently accessible to who, how do you plan it out or how does your EA plan it out for you or, and then even just how do you start that conversation? So I'm really curious about that. So. Just talk me through how you do it. I know we had a conversation, Nathan, recently about Calendly. So there's some tooling that one can use. Just talk to me like I'm a five-year-old and explain to me how you set these up. I'm going to defer to Scott on this one because it's something that is hard. I actually experiment with it. It's an evolving thing for me. I wouldn't say that there is one particular way that I have of doing it. But the one that so far that seems to work the best for me is you're going to have, you should be having weekly one-on-ones with your direct reports. And if you've got, if that's too much of a burden, you probably have too many direct reports. But the reality is you're not going to be able to talk to everyone one layer down regularly. There's probably too many. Maybe not. If you have a small team, you should definitely try to talk to everybody once a month. But if you've got a medium-sized team, you're going to have to pick and choose. And this is the way that I pick and choose. I want to pick people who are like in particular functions. Like I want to make sure that in a particular month, I get 
coverage on all of the major functions. I'm going to make sure that I talk to at least one scrum master that month and one QA engineer and one backend guy. I try to do one skip level a week. I can get four in a, in a month. So I spread it out over function because I'm trying to detect problems. I don't want to miss a function, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll just pile onto that. I agree with the approach. I think I tend to err on the side of meeting more frequently even. So, you know, out of, I don't know, let's call it 40 people. I will try to get them in every four to six weeks. The way, in, and again, going back to your point, Etienne, just very mechanically, how does it work? I pull a list of everyone. I randomize them. And I just start going and plugging them on the calendar. I have tried in the past of making them recurring, like this one every six weeks, and it's just too hard to manage. So I'll take a pass beginning of the month. I'll go schedule everything out over the course of the month. The biggest thing for me is making sure that the people that I'm scheduling with, they can move it wherever they want. And just, again, having that conversation, putting it in the meeting and by like, this is your meeting, move it wherever you want. That has helped a lot. I think what just blew my mind was the idea that as leaders, our goal is to talk to everybody. Yeah. And the larger your teams are, the harder it gets. So after you reach a certain team size, you're just forced to take a more stochastic approach with your measurement of how the team is doing. So what I heard there, Scott, I, I really find that interesting is in a way, if by identifying different functional areas that you want to skip level into, you really are trying to get a sense of how that function is performing inside of the organization as one approach. And I want to juxtapose it a bit with, you know, I want to talk to everybody and I have, if I've got 40 people under me, 400 people under me, you are going to try and talk to everybody. I personally do. And, and again, to what we talked about earlier, not going another level. Yes. It's just 40 or 50. Can I fit 40 or 50 in six weeks? I can. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of talking. Welcome to our work. The executive hand waving. No, that's, I actually find that interesting. The go for the max number of people that you can talk to. Again, assuming in, in most of our cases, we're in SMBs. And so it's, should be possible to talk to everybody. If you think about it, let's say I'm doing eight people a week for six weeks, eight people a week at half an hour, that's only four hours a week. That's 10% of the week. It's actually not a huge investment. That's very interesting. And I think with that mantle of leadership to say, hey, I want to, this a fleece. I'm weaving everybody together. It's interesting for me always and I, I just want to touch on one thing after this quickly, but I also, I want to talk about change management a little bit because I can see skip levels being an unbelievable tool for change management, but the actual contents of the conversation, can you give us, can both of you give us two or three or four bullet points that you're about to go into a meeting with someone, literally, what do you say? Well, Nathan brought up a really great point. Um, which I want to reinforce, which is that these meetings are for the person that you're talking to. So I think it's important to keep the agenda as open as possible. So you don't really have to structure it for yourself because then it's all about you. 
But you do want to have some things in your back pocket if the conversation isn't moving. So things I like to have in my back pocket for that are just giving them insight into what's going on in the executive team. Just have some information about that that you think would be interesting to them. Query them about the basics of the business and be able to talk about what they're working on, like con concretely. I like to have that stuff available but not try to force it on them. I, I love that. One of my favorite talking points is who on the team is doing an exceptional job right now and getting them to talk about people, talk about their teams. And that usually has a nice segue into something that is being worked on or conversations that are happening. It's a really good way of getting insights while also framing it in such a way where they are now showing a little bit of leadership too. They are bringing things to you know, their boss's attention. Oh, and another great thing, it like to, if you can, is to have something to have some praise for. Be aware of something that they did that was exceptional, if there is something, and mention it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, the, the conversations start to, so it sounds to me like it's, hey, this is what's happening in the executive team. This is how we're tracking the, the business, blah, blah, blah. So being a window into what's happening, assuming that there are some follow-up questions there, then to bring it to praise, acknowledgement, peer acknowledgement, like who on your team's doing great, what, what's been happening. And then it sounds from the earlier statements that if it starts going a little deep, to try and keep it light. I mean, making notes, obviously, but to not let it go down into scrutiny or into a very specific particular process, but to just keep it as a time to, to, to have a connection more than a deep moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you mentioned, I mentioned that a, a, a few things that you might talk about in the skip level and things that you might have prepared. But the way I like to start a skip level is just, hey, how's it going, man? W what's on your mind? What are the things that are keeping you up at night? Just uh, talk to me about your life and everything. So if that they just, that just sounds, Scott, that just sounds like going right for the, the, the bones, man. What's keeping you up at night? Isn't that, doesn't that bring out the worst? No, I don't. I don't think it does, because a lot of times people will simply tell you, hey, nothing's really keeping me up at night. Things are going great. You know what I mean? The reason why I ask questions like that is to let them know it's okay to bring up negative things and you're not going to be punished for any sort of negative feedback that you have. And a lot of times they'll give you like an interesting technical detail. Actually, what's keeping me up at night is that I'm not really getting my data dog alerts for this particular system and I don't know why. Because so, that's something that's bad about your manager. It's just no, that's true. But so, so that does bring up the point of that we made earlier around just knowing a little something about them before you go in. Wow. He doesn't know that my grandmother passed away last week or that I'm, that I've been hit by COVID or that's the type of research we want to do, right? Before we go into those meetings, Nathan, or does one just say, I'm not supposed to know these things. I can't know everything. Let's use this conversation to enlighten each other. Especially when there are personal details like that, I'm not going to lead with that unless, you know, it's something that they've invited me into. Now, if I know something's going on, I might go in to be a little more open, a little more empathetic and, you know, try to get them to open up to me. But I'm certainly not going to lead with it. What One other thing, and I'll just in terms of what are things to bring to these one on one, what are the good conversation starters? 
I'll actually use these skip levels occasionally to bounce ideas off of someone like, hey, here's something that I'm personally dealing with. By the way, I got a question the other day, like, what does a VP of engineering do? Which I always think is a fun, fun comment. So being able to talk about that, but to say, oh, here's something that I'm working on or I'm thinking about, you mind if I bounce some ideas off of you? I think people find that really motivating. Obviously, I would never give away anything sensitive. But to let people know the types of problems that I'm solving, the types of things that I'm thinking about, and they get an indication of where I spend my time in any given day. Something I want to just touch on, which is change management, which I find this is a very powerful tool to if someone's direct report is being replaced or has been recently replaced, or I'm assuming not going to be replaced, but if there's any sort of change management that needs to be done, the skip level can be very helpful to explain, re-explain, reiterate, recheck in, reprogram, but to help people get with the program. Does that sound right? Yeah, and it also instills a sense of continuity. Their boss is moving on or has recently changed, but they still have this connection to the organization. Short and sweet, super powerful because then... Assuming that you've been doing skip levels, this is very good. Assuming that you have a good culture of skip levels, if something were to happen to their manager, they feel like just a new manager, I still have. That's a great point, Nathan. I, I really love that. Okay. Yeah. As we said in the beginning, the overarching purpose of these skip levels is to have relationships with the people on your team. And I don't want to be crass about it and say that those relationships have utility. But it does certainly help during any type of situation where there's any type of friction in the organization or any type of crisis. That is incredible for skip levels as a means to business continuity is huge. I didn't think about that. One other thing, and I think this is, again, maybe a a little utilitarian, but let's say a manager does move on and now we have to interview for a new manager. That's a really sensitive subject for a lot of people. So knowing who those people are, knowing what they're looking for, if you were to bring in a manager from the outside, like having that relationship and that trust to lean back on is really powerful. Love it. Summary, skip levels, scheduled, regular, try to talk to everybody, should be possible, doesn't take that much time in your calendar, keep things light and informative be a window into what's happening with the executive team be curious about what's happening in their lives don't try and make big decisions or solve any problems or go too deep on any particular thing establish that culture of hey i am in the c-suite on the executive team so that there is business continuity if their manager should should move on what else yeah, I think I nailed it. I think you did. I appreciate your skill at brevity. That's right. You seem like a person who would be a, a great to have a skip level meeting with. I'd sign up for that. As the skip I'd sign up for the office hours. Dude, my office hours would be so fun. It really would be. Thank you for listening to today's episode of CTO Studio. This is a little taste of the many conversations we have inside Seven CTOs. In addition to our peer groups, 7CTO's members are also part of Slack, where ad hoc issues can be addressed by the larger collective. We also have one to two Zoom calls a week. 
where we go deep on specific challenges like brand new technologies, hiring strategies, people management, and expanding our influence and branding as technology leaders. Also check out 7CTOs.com where we publish our list of events like upcoming retreats and colloquiums in a city near you. Applications are always open, so mention CTO Studio when you apply and you'll get a free strategy session with me. Wouldn't that be fun? See you next week.